So Elon Musk shared this tweet, and I went ahead and shared it on my wall. Um, and I think he did it specifically because of what is in this video. And I decided that while I did share the tweet, I want to go ahead and do a Do You Think For Yourself video on this topic specifically. And as I say here, when the mainstream media says our, in quotes, democracy, it's a Freudian slip. They believe they own it. And for many years, they did. In other words, our democracy does not mean you and me. It means the mainstream media owned our democracy. And who purchased that? Well, that would be the people who own the mainstream media. This is kind of what I was trying to communicate when I debated Sit, um, Sitch and Adam on this topic, because they believe that money has nothing to do with the outcome of elections. I'll probably still do a video about that later, but the main point here is this. When the media says, a danger to our democracy, this is what they're talking about. And when you see other, uh, like particularly the leftists who dominated Twitter, talking about our democracy, they were, refer they were referring to the advantage that they felt they had when Twitter was being manipulated to be dominated by only one side of the narrative. Now, to my right-wing listeners, don't believe for a second that this is not also an issue on the right. And I'm going to get into that in a moment. But first, let's listen to this bipartisan media, meaning both sides, well, all sides of the media, are featured in this montage of media outlets all seeming to say the same thing. Hi, I'm Fox San Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to, to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we are concerned about trouble and trying to be responsible one-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 So when you listen to that, again, <laughs> one of the things you notice is that all of these people seem to be reading from the same script, despite the fact that some of them work for CBC, ABC, MSNBC, NBC, and Fox. And that's because very few people actually own all of your mainstream media outlets. And I've discussed this in previous podcasts, but I will say that what we're looking at is this. During the Reagan years, they deregulated 
uh, specifically the fairness doctrine. It used to be illegal not to give both sides of an issue. Then, during the Clinton administration, they deregulated how much of the media one person was allowed to own. There used to be a limit. Like, I think it was like, you could only have like so many radio stations or TV stations, and then you were literally forbidden by law to own more of it. And then finally, there was a federal lawsuit against Fox News that they won, uh, wherein essentially the determination was that the news is not actually required to tell the truth. So all of those things together contributed to what we have in the modern media. Now, so far as our democracy, if you look at the history of how the media has controlled, quote unquote, our democracy, then you will understand exactly what they are really worried about. They're worried about the fact that they will not own our, quote unquote, democracy directly anymore, or at least it'll be much harder. If you listen to that rant, part of it was to say that independent media outlets were reporting disinformation or adding their own bias as if the mainstream media hasn't been doing this for years. And again, this is a bipartisan issue. Joy Reid and, say, Hannity, or, you know, they, they all have their bias. And you're usually tuning in because it matches your bias. People who actually want to hear the truth, well, that's a kind of a smaller subset of, like, the citizenry, which is unfortunate. But that's what I'm trying to fight by having this channel. Let's move on. This one is one of my personal favorites. I am frightened by the impact on society and politics if Elon Musk acquires Twitter. He seems to believe that on social media anything goes. For democracy to survive, we need more content moderation, not less. This is a profound statement, but it kind of reflects what unfortunately many people on the left who are currently on board with censorship believes, which is, that unless they are winning, democracy is not functioning. And they enjoyed having their finger on the scale, so to speak, to control the narrative in one direction. If there is any narrative control, whether by the right or the left, you don't have a democracy. Because a democracy is only gonna actually correctly function if everyone has a free access to information and then can arrive at conclusions about how they want to vote in their best interest based on the information they have. The problem is they want you to vote a certain way. And so unless they can control what you see and hear, they don't feel the democracy is working. I've done multiple videos on this topic in the Do You Think For Yourself series, some of which you'll have to watch on BitChute because ironically, the censorship video was censored by YouTube. I also did one specifically, you know, about why are they panicking that Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter. I'll also put that one at the end. And it's really important that you look at this because science actually shows that if you can convince about 25% of a given population to, to agree or to believe in an idea, that it tends to create a social chain reaction that will lead to the rest of a society agreeing too. That's what they're fighting over. And to them, Democracy isn't working, again, unless they're controlling what information you are exposed to, unless they are winning. Before the internet, our elections were drastically different than they are now. And this was definitely true for both the Democrats and the Republicans. 
The media used to control who got into the debates, and, well, they basically still do, but the debates were primarily, and I believe still are primarily, the way that people make decisions about what candidate they're going to choose. So they had total control over who you were even exposed to. If they didn't put somebody on television, they didn't exist. It was a very different time. The same thing is true of, like, what documentaries you might see. You know, really everything was controlled because you only had, like, maybe 12 channels on one part of your television. And then if you clicked another dial, you could get access to a couple more channels on another part of your television. There wasn't, like, 3 million channels. There wasn't uh, internet uploading. You know, like, the, the choices were extremely under control of the mainstream media. And so going back to the main point here, when they discuss what they believe is our democracy, they're referring, again, to the media having previously just owning democracy. The ability to control what candidates you even hear about is the real threat to our democracy. Quote, unquote, our. When you want to control democracy, because once again, it's their democracy... It's not just about the debates, especially now that we have the internet, but it used to be. They used to just control democracy entirely, but now that's a little more difficult with the internet. But again, going back to the main point, the media, who is again purchased and owned by extremely wealthy people, also gets kind of notes about what candidates they should reflect on positively and what candidates they should reflect on negatively. And this is once again true of the left. I mean, here we have MSNBC, you know, and it's just as true as, you know, on Fox on the right. They have specific people that they're told to favor by the people who own these companies. And it, you know, they may give an interview, say, to Andrew Yang or, you know, somebody like that. But if it's if there's somebody that they've been told to disfavor, then the pundits are going to ask them questions that are designed to make them look stupid. Um, and... If, and they're going to talk about the candidates in a negative way when they're not in a situation to defend themselves. Um, you know, and then they will give positive questions and easy questions to the candidates that they've been told to favor. This was all covered and understood back in 2008. You know, but again, this is their democracy. You know, this is the democracy that belongs to the people that spent the money to own the corporations that run your media. And when it comes to third parties, well, the media kind of ensures that they don't exist. They create really stringent rules to determine who gets into the general election debates. And if they report on third parties, it's usually to do so in such a way as to make them look like ridiculous, you know, uh, fringe elements. And in some cases they are. I'm not saying that they're not. I mean, the last... Green Party candidate was a straight up like tanky socialist and, you know, the Libertarian Party's had some crazy candidates in the past. You know, that's that's true. But the reality is it that's not how our democracy was meant to function. That's not what the founding fathers had in, intended at all. That's the reason political parties are not even in the Constitution. We were supposed to be able to run as individuals based on the merits, you know, of who we were and what positions we had as individuals. And people were supposed to be able to decide what their views were based on, you know, their own experiences as individuals. And what I mean by that is, for example, I'm a pro-gun rights, pro-healthcare person. That's not even possible in our current, 
you know, uh, situation. <laughs> like you're told that you're an extreme right or extreme left based on your position on either of those things. And I've talked about this many times in the past. So who is it that benefits from this? Well, one thing that the two major parties agree on is they don't want anyone else in the, you know, <laughs> you know, getting in their way. And so his, the Republicans and the Democrats both work together to be sure that third parties don't get into debates and don't get attention. And so again, our quote unquote, our democracy, they bought and paid for it and they don't want you to interfere in it. If you really want to be free, if you really want to think for yourself, you're going to have to recognize that this is true, not just of elections, but of just about anything the media says about, you know, current events, whether it's the war in Ukraine, whether it's the COVID vaccine, whether it's anything. And you're going to have to check yourself for bias because everybody has them. It's a question of like, where does your bias come from? I try to make my bias come from extensive research about the topics that I'm trying to come to a conclusion on how I feel about. And that used to be how most people would conduct themselves, the scientific method, right? But be honest with yourself. If you heard a rumor that was negative about Joe Biden and you happen to be somebody on the right, you're probably gonna believe it. If you heard a rumor about Donald Trump and you happen to be on the left, you'd probably believe it. And that's kind of what they're banking on. The difference is, is the media used to be paid to be reliable. Like that used to be the concept was that we're going to tell you the truth and you decide. But all of that's gone now. So once again, consider this very heavily when you decide what you're going to share or what you're going to believe.